Beautiful listeners, you know we love you, and we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point. If you would like to further support us in our art, in our effort to allow these wonderful conversations to continue to take place, head over to patreon.com slash inside the sound. We got it. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome back inside the sound. This is MJ. The Gypsy King is in the house oh today. <laughs> <laughs> you can just say your name. Gypsy you don't King. Have to. Goodness gracious. And we have a, a special guest here today. Um, would you like to say hello to our beautiful listeners? Hi. Here's Anik. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Anik. And it's it's Gottler. Is that right? Gottler. Yes. Gottler. Anik Gottler. Gottler. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to, to meet you, Anik, and we're so excited to have you join us. Um, I got to say, before we get into anything else, I just absolutely love that piano that you're leaning up against. It looks gorgeous. What, what Thank it, you. What kind of brand <laughs> is it? Like, what is it? Um, this one is a Yamaha C2. Oh. It's a pretty small one, actually, <laughs> but I, I'm working with it for over 15 years now. Oh, whoa. So, I love yeah. Yamaha pianos. How, is it like a six? How big is it? It's a baby grand? Um, yes, it's a grand. It's, oh, it's grand. um, 173 centimeters. Oh, cool. Okay. I don't know. How, yeah. You how don't have to convert. Yeah. Anik, I'm curious. Uh, I'm a guitar player and, um, we name our guitars. It's kind of a thing we do. Have you named your piano? <laughs> Actually, no. I just call him him. It's <laughs> okay. Him. Him, yeah. <laughs> and everyone knows who I'm talking of, right. but yeah, he doesn't really have a name. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, it's funny. I don't think I've ever named my piano. I mean, I've named all my guitars, but I've never named my piano either. Maybe the piano is too distinguished to be named. Huh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it names itself. That's great. Oh, man. What, what's the name of your guitar? <laughs> Sophia, mine is Betsy. Oh, sweet! I have an acoustic Aww. guitar, and I, I haven't been able to name it. But anyway, <laughs> that's a different subject. <laughs> yeah. So, for starters, you know, speaking of superheroes, um, every superhero has a good origin story, right? So we imagine that you, being a musical superhero, has a great origin story to tell us. <laughs> Um, maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how did how did you get started playing the piano? Um, I started at the age of five. Actually, my my older sister began to play. Um, she was seven at that age, uh, time, and um, I wanted to do everything that my sister did. Hmm. Uh, she was like my big idol. She was my superhero, and <laughs> um, yeah. So I wanted to start playing piano as well, um, and. It turned out um, that 
I wanted to do this professionally very early, already at the age of eight. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I decided for myself that I want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't think that I really knew what it means <laughs> yeah. to be a professional pianist at that time, especially because no one in my family is a musician. Um, so, yeah, but, but I knew that I would miss it in my life if I don't at least try it. So was what was that moment that made you decide when you were that young? Do you remember what it was specifically? <laughs> yes, actually I do. <laughs> it was um, the time where I like I had to decide between two things, like between piano and something else uh -huh. hmm. for the first time. And uh, well, I had to decide between handball, like playing handball, which is too dangerous to continue playing if I want to play piano. So, right. um, yeah, this was like the first thing that I had to cancel in my life. Huh. <laughs> and <laughs> therefore I, I thought, okay, if I want to go with playing piano, then I'm all in like this. <laughs> That's pretty awesome to be able to make a decision like that at eight years old. Yeah, maybe, I mean, like my parents, did this decision as well, of course. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but um, in the end, still it was my decision, I think. Um, because if, if I would not like, like or love to play piano, I think my parents wouldn't have decided this way for me. So yeah, you had to, had to have that, that drive, that spark to be able to, yes. to make that path in life. You know, I'm kind of curious, like, what was it like for you, um, you know, growing up, you know, this was your passion, this is what you were doing. Did you find that you, uh, did you fit in well with your friend? Like, did you, or did you, did it kind of keep you apart? Because I, at least for me, I, I you know, I practiced uh, piano myself as a kid, right? I started at nine and it just sort of kept me focused on this one thing for such a long time that mm -hmm. I, I found that I didn't really like, I don't know, I didn't. I don't know. Like I, I, it was, everyone was like doing other things and I was just working on music. You know what I'm saying? Was it like that for you? Yeah, it was actually the same. Yeah. So I mean, I have, um, three siblings. Well, but back then, and when I was so young, I, I only had two. Um, but also, um, everyone else goes outside and plays with friends or do, <laughs> does something else. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I had to stay at home and to practice. And um, if I don't practice, then I know that I'm going to lose, like, I don't know how to say um, in English. Oh, you disappeared. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hang on. Technical difficulties here. Um, give Sorry me about that. Here. Let's, uh, okay. Let's, really? Sorry. We'll find you again here. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> and we've got to yeah, reconnect yeah. the recording. Three, two, one, and go. All right, we're back on. Sorry about that. So we were talking about, um, you know, what it was like for you kind of growing up. And, you know, you mentioned this, uh, you know, friends going out and playing. And you're like, yeah, well, i got to stay in and play. You know, I've got a recital or something. <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, I've got this Bach invention that's, like, really, you know, getting difficult for me. i got to get got to go back and so um well like what were your musical influences what were you what were you listening to when you were growing up and doing this like what how did you connect with music when you weren't playing um 
Well, as I said before, my, my family is not like there are no musicians in my family. Mm -hmm. um, so I did not only listen to classical music. Actually, it was not the first thing I listened to. No? Um, no. My, my, my father is a huge ACDC fan. What? <laughs> yeah, rock and roll, man. I love it. And, uh, well, my mother loves ABBA and, I don't know, um, really? we've listened to a lot of Michael Jackson and Queen okay. and like, got the best a lot of, of other worlds. stuff. But I think I found my way to classical music through, I don't know, do you know Disney Fantasia? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. yeah, there there was, it was great. It was one of the things that influenced me a lot huh. um, to to play and to interpret classical music. Yeah, actually, the, um, that Disney stuff is really cool. Like, it, it's very inspiring. Yes, especially these two Fantasia films, movies. I mean, like, I hope they, they are going to do it, it again someday, um, but on the same level. Yeah. <laughs> um, because these, these two movies are really, really great. They're yeah. long too, aren't yeah, they? they? Like are. two or three hours long a piece or something mm -hmm. like that. Didn't we watch one in an IMAX theater together? You I, and me did? I, I can't we did. remember, but I, don't know. I should have if I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great in the IMAX. Like, no, it was it was really, really cool. Like I and I grew up listening to classical music almost exclusively until I was a teenager. So like oh, really? I, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I was super I was super obsessed with Beethoven and, and Handel and uh, I, I was, I told my, I was going to be a classical piano, like a concert pianist up until, um, a certain cool. age, but I, I don't know. I like, I still love the piano. I still, there's something about the guitar that called to me as well. So well, the just sort of, <laughs> the cool thing out. about, I, I've been playing the guitar for a long time and, uh, I delved a little bit into the Bach and, the, mm -hmm. uh, Torrega and that type of stuff. So that was kind of fun, but it's extremely difficult to play. So <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> Well, actually, Chopin, I mean, you guys know who's Chopin, right? Yeah, <laughs> Chopin, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. um, Chopin, who composed actually mostly exclusive for piano, mm -hmm. he was the one who said there's only one thing that is more beautiful than one guitar. It's two guitars. And, and this <laughs> was something. <laughs> I always thought that, that he would say it's, it, it's the piano because he, like, he only composed for the piano, but... Okay. <laughs> he recognized. <laughs> so what? What is your favorite? Um, which composer is your favorite to play? Actually, it's Chopin and Mozart. Oh, uh, Mozart! Yay. What What yes. about them do you do you specifically like? Um, Chopin is he's really understanding the piano in a in a way that other composers didn't i don't know um it's maybe because he only composed for piano and but also if you listen to his cello sonata for example i feel like um the only time that i understand this sonata uh is when the piano plays solo and the cello does not play at all ah. <laughs> so it feels like he's really understanding the piano maybe not the other instruments but the piano very very in a very deep way. And Mozart, um, I don't know, I think it's because of his character. It's, it fits well <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was something else too. I, I was talking to another pianist recently about how 
like dynamic range and what it, what an invention that was at the time when the piano forte mm-hmm. was first invented. And you know they had the harpsichord right with the plucking of the strings, mm-hmm. but the the hammers you know hammering on the the instrument with the piano is just such a different. It's a different feel, a different vibe. I mean, the piano sounds nothing like mm-hmm. the harpsichord. And I wonder if maybe, I mean, do you think that Chopin just was, was like, cognizant, like, was able to, aware of that and able to, like, take advantage of some of that dynamic range in in his music? Do you agree? Um, well, definitely. I mean, all the big composers knew how to, how to deal with these technical um, progresses mm-hmm. on the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chopin... Well, in the time of Chopin, there was like um, there were two different types of piano pedagogues. I don't know how to say piano teachers. (laughs) Okay. The ones who who say that um, piano playing is very very natural, like Chopin did, and the ones who try to find out how to optimize your body to play piano and like for example there there's this very famous example of um Robert Schumann who tried to force his fourth or third finger I'm not sure which one um to become stronger than it actually is huh. and uh, he injured himself so he couldn't continue playing piano anymore what really <laughs> yes I didn't know yes. that it wow. was it was really really extreme in that time whoa so Chopin was one of the people who said piano playing should be very natural and we should try to understand our body and our fingers and why a finger is on that position and no uh, like a finger has its its position and its length and we should use it um to create a specific sound i see right that's cool yeah that's one element that's (laughs) sometimes lost i think even with guitar players is the connection the natural connection between your body and the instrument Mm-hmm. and the best way to create that. So that's really interesting. Have you found um, that that has been something that you've learned along the way, how how to better um, create that unity between yourself and the instrument? It's breathing. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> breathing is something that um, I think many pianists forget i mean of course we are still breathing while we are playing but um to know how we breathe and when to breathe in and when to breathe out it really has a big impact on on the sound we are creating and on the phrases um, we are playing i mean if you are singing you have to do it naturally and Mm. you have to think about these things um but on the piano you don't have to do this necessarily necessary yeah i do yeah yeah you're good but again it's it's very essential actually for playing wow that's you know but that's so insightful i you know you do i i i i I sing right a lot of experience singing and directing choirs and phrasing is so important um Mm -hmm. but that for that to translate on a percussive instrument like that makes a lot of sense. It's sort of a sneaky little, not sneaky, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like a hidden little gem of wisdom there. Uh, no, I saw <laughs> one video of you playing uh, before this, and that's, uh, you know, there's not much preparation here, right? I just wanted to sort of meet you and talk to you. But I was, I, I could see, like I, I definitely could see the feel, right? You Right away, instantly, if, you, if you've played an instrument long enough, you recognize someone else that does it. 
um, I, I saw you with with a certain feel that's very is difficult to obtain. It takes a lot of time, <laughs> like a lot of time. But I, thank you. You, you know, but I, I sort of just you know in my mind I think body movement, right? Like I'm thinking, you know, I'm in tempo, but your breathing is. I mean, how subtle? Like what a wow! That's really cool because that that. Man, I feel like I'm going to be a better piano player after we're done talking here because, like, like, whoa. <laughs> like, breathing and phrasing with the music. It's, so, it's brilliant. Like, why didn't I think of that? You know, 35 years I've been playing the piano. Wow. Whatever, not 35. But it's well, nothing new, actually. Yeah, yeah, One thing it. I noticed watching you play, Anique, is the way you move. There's almost a, a subtle kind mm. of it, – it almost looks like you're dancing when you're playing, but it, it doesn't look like you have a lot of tension in your body. Is that purposeful? Um. Well, actually, I think playing piano is, or making music in general, is um, the art of balancing tension and relaxation. Hmm. And um, most of the time, we are, of course, under tension. <laughs> or right. do, do you say this? Mm -hmm. um, but we have to work on this relaxation thing. And I think, therefore, it's extremely important to breathe, to sit correctly, and to keep your posture and um, then, of course, to know how to move so you don't get too much into this tension part and get the balance between both. Definitely. Your your English is is very good, by the way, so oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> I've never been to the USA. Really? No, no. Ne no. I, I only learned English in the school here. And I was for one week. I was in London in the sixth grade. <laughs> so. Wow, you speak very well in that case. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like you wouldn't. I mean, it sounds like you've been speaking it your whole life. Frankly, I mean, you sound great in terms of your English. Thank you. That's nice. <laughs> uh, do you? Do you? Is that too nice? I guess before uh, coronavirus, I mean, what it, well, I'm curious, I don't know why, it's just like I'm thinking about, you talk about travel, so I'm thinking about performances and, and with what you're doing now, I mean, has it, has it really impacted, I mean, you know, I'm assuming all around the world, right? Like musicians haven't had the same amount of places to play. What, what have you, what's, what's been, what's changed for you with, uh, with the pandemic and, and how are you adapting? Um, well, at the beginning, I thought um, it's there is nothing really changing because I was sitting at home and practicing all the time. <laughs> also before. Yeah. <laughs> good. good. <laughs> but now, after nearly one year, um, having actually no real concerts, or at least I mean, like I had this year three or four concerts, mm -hmm. which is like nothing um, compared to before. Um, yeah, it's, it's strange because I mean, you're practicing and then you're preparing yourself for the next concert, which has a special program or something like this. And then it's got canceled and all this, all the energy you put into it, um, was wasted and you have to mm. try to continue motivating yourself and so on. And, um, yeah, but yeah, through through Corona, I started to do some online teaching, oh, cool. <laughs> which is a really great experience. Um, so I'm, I'm teaching all around the world, actually. Whoa. And yeah, it's fun. Um, 
and I I did some online live concerts, which was also a nice experience. But still, I love to perform in front of real people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in person yeah, has a different real. feel to it. That's that's for sure. Yeah, there's much more energy uh, in the room. Yeah. Um, and I mean, of course, still there is this um, concert feeling if you're playing online because you know that there are people who are listening to you, but um, it's, it's something completely different if there are real people sitting there and breathing and giving you some feedback, actually, without saying anything, but um, yeah, while you're playing. <laughs> right. You mentioned that you kind of have a release of all that emotional energy that built up while you were practicing leading up to the the performance mm -hmm. um how how long would you say that i mean I, I bet it varies depending on what piece you're gonna play but how many hours do you think it takes you in preparation to get up and play a, a piece uh, flawlessly oh uh well when i start to practice a new piece i would say i need at least like three months until i I feel um, confident enough to play it on stage. Right. Like it's, uh, I, I play it by heart and um, I analyzed it. I found my first interpretation and so on. Therefore, I need like three months of daily practicing. Wow. And wow. then, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty long. But like, I mean, normally you play your program for one year and then you, I mean, of course you have like a big program and you're changing all the pieces in this program uh, through this year. But um, there is like one big piece or a bigger part in your program that stays through this time. And yeah, everything is um, not wasted because you are learning a lot. But still, I feel like nobody's nobody's listening to it. Well, okay, in social media, there are many people, people listening to it, but still, <laughs> it's something completely else. Yeah, I'm sure the, the night of the performance is a, an experience you can't quite replicate any other way. Yeah. So, when you, I, I know that you put the hours into practice a piece and everything like that, how do you because there's always a possibility you're going to mess up. Now, I know when you put that many hours <laughs> into practicing, like you pretty much can do it in your sleep, but I'm sure there has to be some amount of anxiety that comes with getting up there on stage and doing it. Like, how do you manage those nerves and do, or do you even experience that at this point? Uh, well, sure. Uh, I think everyone has these experiences. Um, I had my first blackout on stage at the age of 10. And it was terrible for me. Wow. I, I played together with orchestra, Mozart's Piano Concerto. And it was the first time I saw the scores of the conductor, which was full of like all the instruments. And I did not even find my, my own voice because I was, I was so lost on stage. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was so embarrassing, really. But um, yeah, since then... Um, I think there are a lot of concerts where um, like I got on stage and I, I knew that something is going to happen today. <laughs> 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 and, 
Um, yeah, I had to learn how to improvise a little bit. Um, and I mean, I had to learn that um, making mistakes is part of the game. And um, I mean, the audience does not kill you afterwards. <laughs> you have to... I mean, you have to stay not throwing tomatoes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure, a lot, but the, I mean, like the casual, the casual listener might not even notice you messed up. Yeah, you know. Yes, yes, actually, yes. Um, I mean, you can, you can be angry afterwards, but not on stage. This is one of the most important things that I learned through this, and because. Uh, when I was younger and I messed up on stage and I like, I was already angry with myself and the audience could see it, of course, like when I stand up and go, go away, <laughs> people could tell that I was angry and not, <laughs> uh, I, I did not like my playing, but, um, especially my mother always told me, um, the audience didn't do anything. <laughs> you don't have to be angry on them. Um, and you can Try to smile and continue playing and give your best and afterwards you can still be angry um, and try to figure out what went wrong or and but also what what went good i mean sometimes uh, yeah. we forget that there are so many things that that worked really well on stage That's so true. Um, but because of one little mistake um it's not like the world is not going down <laughs> <laughs> right you were 99 percent perfect and you hit one wrong note you can't be too upset about that i guess <laughs> well, i would not say 99 but let's say 90 <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's still an a that's still an a some of those i have the problem with the big fingers and like trying to get them in between black keys and stuff while you're playing like ah like i, I hit two notes down at one uh i you know i've done that in recitals and stuff before and it's like so frustrating and you know, but you're right. That's just no. That's so cool because it's like, yeah. You know, what about everything that went right in that performance? And did you play with feeling? Did you? You know, what I'm saying like, yeah. That's ah, that's, that's so important. That's much more important than playing all the notes correctly. I mean, like back then, they uh, most of of the pianists they didn't even played everything by heart. They had their scores. Uh, hmm. I mean. Clara Schumann was the first one who really played everything by heart. And back then, the, the audience said she was arrogant because <laughs> she did this. <laughs> and now we, are, we, we don't arrogant, go huh? on stage with, with the scores anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, then you have to worry about flipping the page. Yeah, for real, though. There's all that like page-turning noise in a yeah. concert. I saw you flip a page in one of your uh, videos on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a lightning fast reflexes, man. <laughs> that page was turned in a blink of an eye. <laughs> you know, yeah, but oh, I don't sorry. go on stage with with scores anymore, uh, or not not for solo piano, only for chamber music. Oh, I but see. Then somebody else is flipping the page for me. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. don't you have like a spotter? You know, someone to help you at least. Uh, yeah, but. But I like to be alone on stage. This ah. is the most, um, like, it's, it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you ever need a page flipper and I'm in Germany, I'll be happy to do that. You don't you. even read music, man. <laughs> you got to learn to read music first. The man. feel. I'll know the piece. Okay. I'll know the feel. I'll teach it. him. I'll teach him enough so he can help you. 
Oh, maybe I'll wear the Thanos gauntlet and flip the pages with the gauntlet. <laughs> I'll go. call you if I need a page flipper. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I had a another question for you, Anique. Um, if you had to, if you had to pick one quality that would come out in your music and your performances, what would that be? Like, if I were an audience member, like, what would be the one quality that you would want me to to definitely pick up on from your performances? Um, I would say personality. Even if you completely mess up on stage and play everything wrong, in the end, if the audience goes out and, and has a feeling and, and knows that it's, like it really experienced something in this hour <laughs> together with you. And they, mm. they, they keep this in their heart because of your personality and what you put into the music. Um, you've done, you've done everything correctly. <laughs> mm. I, definitely... I think if, if the, if the audience goes out and thinks, okay, um, everything was good and fine. And I could like, listen to a perfect recording as well <laughs> then i don't know why the people should go to the live concert ha okay yeah that yeah, I mean, conveying that emotion that's so important for impact. the oh do we lose you oh there, you oh, there you yeah. you're okay. back hooray <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean for live performance that feel i mean that's why and we've discussed this too like we looked uh, you know a couple of different like rock uh um performers and there's just there's something that falls flat in the recording that you don't get unless mm -hmm. you hear the live perform. It's almost better. Mm -hmm. Like it's better. A really good quality mm -hmm. group that can perform live on stage in front of a big crowd. Like I like that better than, than the recording like nine times out of 10, frankly. Yeah, me too. I mean, all the recordings, they are perfectly put together and super clean and so on. But, um, I, I mean, sometimes I want to hear little mistakes. Um, it makes, hmm the whole thing more human i don't know yeah <laughs> more authentic yeah yes because sometimes i mean we are living in a world uh, where everyone looks perfect and every recording is perfect and people um begin to compare themselves with these perfect images i see and it's it's not what what's real actually of course we can try to play perfectly but in the end there is nothing that is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of um, false ideals that get created that mm -hmm. people that's try true. to strive for, and it's kind of, it's not reality. That's a very good point. It's a very good point. I think something gets lost in, in the recording process, too, especially for rock musicians and other instrumentalists. Um, you know, everything's quantized. Everything's like, you know, these audio engineers, they take, they take the, the chop mm -hmm. everything up and, you know, they take one good lick, one good phrase, right? And then they'll, mm -hmm. they'll copy and paste it. Um, whereas, you know, before the computer, you know, when these recordings, like some of these classic recordings of, of like, say, a big choir or a big, you know, a big performance mm -hmm. in orchestra, it was the live, it was a recording of the live performance, and there's mm -hmm. something that sort of gets stripped away when everything is just isolated and and perfectly, you know, in tempo and perfectly like like no, there's no there's not a lot of dynamic range and a lot of popular music mm -hmm. either, which is something that as a, a you know as a pianist myself like 
that's just that dynamic range. And I, I almost forget it myself. Like I'll pick up the guitar and I just want to be loud. And then I forget, oh, yeah, you know, it takes someone like Ryan to help me, like, get my yeah, head Yeah, you space. mean you're, you're strumming it so hard it sounds like the strings are going to break? <laughs> I, that's my favorite way to play the, the, the guitar the and the, the piano. Snap the oh, yeah, the goal the is to snap the string. And then, like, I used to get in trouble for, ba- quote, banging on the piano because I'm like, you don't understand Beethoven, Mom. I'm, there's a purpose for what I'm doing here. And, you know, I'm practicing this this feel. Like, I understand that I don't always have to bang. Like, just, but right now I'm in the zone. I need an hour to bang. Like, give me a break. <laughs> You know, like, come on. And these big old, like, chords, you know, with, like, you know, you know lists or somebody, you know what I mean? It's like you need, I need some space to, to have. Anyway. For you as a, a musician, <laughs> Anik, was there a moment when you got more in touch with that, like, the feel and how there's, you know, you got to create that that emotion while you're playing? Was there, like, a specific moment when you, because you seem to be, uh have that under control very well at this point. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, actually, I mean, when I was younger, <laughs> at the age of, let's say, 13, 14, 15, 16, at that age, um, th- there was nothing better than playing fast and loud. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally re- relate. I really loved it. It I'm was like, <laughs> I, I mean, um, especially all, all the list stuff, yeah. like super fast and virtuose, but I didn't understand the music, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I just wanted to play fast and loud, and I, I knew that it's <laughs> impressing for the audience. <laughs> I wanted to get up and everyone is bravo, bravo, yeah. bravo. <laughs> but, That's great. Um, uh. It changed maybe at the age of 16, 17, um, when, yeah, everything is like, it got more serious. And I was like thinking about studying music and really becoming a professional pianist. And it was like the time where I began to understand what it means to to do this professionally. Um, and then I, I began studying here in Stuttgart. And um, yeah, I mean, my, my, my professor, he changed a lot in my playing. Um, and I, I love everything he taught me, <laughs> mm. especially like um, how to use your fingers and um, the, the meaning of a good fingering. I mean, <laughs> the word fingering is so stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you mean. It's like second or third digit, or no, you know. No, we understand the guitar it, is it. is notorious for that. You know how, how you placing your fingers on the fretboard. So yeah, um, but it was like what I said before. Um, the fact that your fingers are all different, and you should understand, like what what makes every finger special and the natural sound of every finger itself and how to bring it into the music and yeah it is it's like writing a choreography for your fingers and um let the music breathe through your fingers and this is like something that was totally mind-blowing for me back then You're blowing my mind right now, but no, it's so fat. It is a dance. <laughs> yeah, it no, is. it is because I, you know, I think about all the times that like I would sit down and you've got, you know, I'd write out the fingerings, or my my teacher, my instructor would, you know, okay, mm-hmm. hey, use your second digit here, not your fourth digit. You want to have this mm-hmm. passage, you know, ready to go. And it's like aha, but no, it is like a dance. You know, it is like cho- choreography. That's fascinating. 
I, yeah, it's not only because you can play faster and louder, but also because you can really, <laughs> really control the sound. Ah, I mean, like exactly, sometimes yeah. it's um, you're using especially this one finger because you know that this finger is giving you the right weight in your arm and the right mm. move in your wrist and yeah, just just the right feeling in that moment, even though it's not maybe the the best fingering to play in that moment, like. Huh. Or the easiest finger to play. Um, sometimes you don't want the easiest finger, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. No, that's cool. I, you know. I do. Yeah, I, I understand that a little bit. Um, well, I think it's the same with the guitar. With the guitar, I mean, where you like, put it on there, the fretboard. There are times where I'll do things that are technically wrong, just because <laughs> I like the way it feels better. Hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, and I think I think once you get past the the basics, you might agree, Anik, that once you get past a yeah. certain level, you kind of adopt your own style when it comes to certain things, even if it's technically wrong. Like sometimes it just feels better. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if if I would say technically wrong, because um, I mean, like through through these basic things like a fingering, you can really have so much control over all the parameters in music, like the time, the feeling of space, um, and, and every single move that you're doing. And um, like, for example, if you have to do bigger jumps, um, I think most of the people would use like, for example, one and five to get to have the shortest way for this jump to get, to have like, yeah, the fastest movement. But actually, if we think about what the composer wants us to do, he wants to he wants you to feel this space between these two notes, this distance between two notes. Hmm. So why are we playing as if there is no, not this distance or a, a shorter distance? Why don't we really exaggerate this distance and use a completely different fingering, which will allow us to give ourselves time to feel this distance in I our see. body, actually? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's, there's so many little nuances. Well, like I, I, I was just thinking, I, you don't get to use the thumb a lot in the guitar. <laughs> I guess you don't, huh? Maybe if it's you reach holding. over with the left hand every oh, yeah, once yeah, in a while, yeah, yeah. but the uh, the on this side, it's kind of, I mean, unless you're finger picking, it's a different story. But. <laughs> it is a completely different. Um, it's interesting, though. Yeah, I, that's cool. The little the little nuances. Now, I I find that I find it very important because. A lot of people that go to watch you perform probably have no idea how many hours you spent perfecting <laughs> your art, you know, when it comes to the little details, yes. just like what we're talking about. And um, so, you know, every time we talk to a musician like yourself, I like to say thank you for putting in the time that you have <laughs> to be able to perform the thank way you Thank you for did. inviting me. <laughs> because I, I feel like people, a lot of times in the crowd, don't understand how many hours of painstaking practice and you know study it took to be able to do what you do and um, yes i wonder if that's why you know as musicians it 
We like respect. We, yeah, we wow each other sometimes because it's like you understand. Like I heard a really good accordion player uh, a few weeks mm-hmm. back, and I was like blown away because like I like I can play a little ditty like on the you know a lot of accordions they're made with the the keyboard mm-hmm. right. I could do a little mm-hmm. bit of that, but the amount of of technique and the amount of like mastery it takes to get that instrument breathing, so to just like you describe breathing, like man, mm-hmm. like whoa, blew me away because I understand how difficult that is, right? How many hours. Yes. You know, I'm kind of, well, speaking about difficulties, one question I wanted to ask you was, um, you know, this transition from your childhood into adulthood, you know, did you, Mm -hmm. did you face, because you you started talking about a bit like going into school and studying and and that, that professor that, that inspired you, um, what kind of obstacles did you face and that you had to overcome to, to get into the music world, like as a professional, as you're coming out of school? So I'm not sure if I understood the, the question correctly <laughs> because there was one word that I, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> but um, so you, you, you're asking for... I'm curious about the, the transition from, from being a young adult and like moving into the mm-hmm. professional world. What kind of things got in your way that you had to overcome? Okay. Um, well, actually... Um, since I was young, um, this was already a, a problem okay. or, I mean, like every, every musician knows this, I think, um, like having no friends, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really sad and maybe it is, but, <laughs> but I have him and, um, that's enough for now. <laughs> but, um, uh, it was hard for me, especially as a teenager, um, because I saw many like of my um, schoolmates who who did parties every Friday evening and so on. And for me, every Friday evening was piano lesson and um, how do you say this um, stage. Uh, preparation Ah, lesson and like every Friday at that age and um, yeah every time people ask me don't you want to come with us and just hanging around I had to say no I I have to go to my piano lesson I was like the most boring girl in the school I wouldn't say not that. with that skill level. Like... Yeah, if they only knew. <laughs> not if you were playing concert recitals at ten. Like goodness. So what? Uh, <laughs> what? What was your motivation as far as being able to stick with it? Yeah. Even through all of that, like what? What was your? Did you have a vision or did you have something that that kept you going? What was it? Um, it was especially the experience on stage. It's like, um, yeah. I, I mean, like. Um, at the age of 16 or 17, I don't know. Um, I played Rachmaninoff third piano concerto. Oh, whoa. And yeah, I mean, it was way too early for me back then, <laughs> to be honest. Still too early for me. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, but there was one moment on stage that was really, it, it was perfect. I don't know what happened, but I smiled to the conductor and he smiled to me. And it was like, it was in that moment, like only maybe 10 seconds or something, but it was perfect. And I, ha- I had goosebumps and I know that the o- audience as w- had as well. And, and there were many people crying afterwards. And I was like, this was 
a perfect moment. I, I want to have this again sometime in my life. I don't know if I will have it again, if I, if I, I will reach this moment again, but it is one motivation to continue. <laughs> wow. Was there also great, great an answer? Like yeah. for real, like that's so cool. Was there also an element of, especially when you have moments like that, that you really feel like this is what I need to be doing on some level? Yes. And that keeps. I mean, going. I felt, I felt so. I I don't know how it feels like to 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 take drugs because I never did, but <laughs> but I felt so high afterwards, like a couple of days after this concert just because of this single moment right. and i yeah it takes you over the next years actually <laughs> yeah it's something something very unique because when you really look at what you're doing it, in a way it's extremely selfless because you're putting so much time in obviously you enjoy playing too but you put so much time into perform for an audience. Mm -hmm. And and I think that has something to do with it. You know, the fact that there's a part of you that's that's doing it for them, I would assume as well. So I imagine they feel that on a certain level. You know, at a live yeah. performance, they feel that, you know, that emotion you put in it for them. I can tell you the difference between, say, a drug and what you described, I can admit this right on here. I can tell you that the, the drug, the drug is the easy button. So like you can get a similar yes. feeling by taking that drug, and you think like mm -hmm. this is the best thing ever. But until you experience what you described, it, it, it's like you don't understand. It's 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 a fabrication of the real thing because like that's a that's a real high. Like what you experience is like knowing that you were in the right place at the right time mm -hmm. doing the thing you were supposed to do like as a human and being, you prepared you prepared all, yeah. it's all the it's all the preparation you can't replicate that right like all of the hard work and, and sweat and tears to get to that moment and then you experience it live and you have the audience there there's nothing like it there really isn't it's the best yeah, feeling in the world <laughs> yes well, you weren't just lucky, no. But you weren't unique. You, you, you had to prepare. There's no way you could have done that if it, if you hadn't taken the three months, right, to yes. get to that that point with that <laughs> sp specific piece of music. So no, it, it's not luck. I mean, maybe it is a little bit of combination of on the spot luck, yes. But it's all mm -hmm. if you're not prepared for it. So I mean, uh, that that for me is the the key difference. Like in performance is when you're connected to the audience and you're connected with that. You're connected with the conductor, like you described. Like wow, what a feeling. Like that's there's nothing else like it. I will agree there. Yes. There really is nothing, and and we've talked about this why music is so important uh, for musicians as well as people that get to hear music. In those moments, like nothing else matters. You're like in, yes. you, you're in the moment. You're playing. You're just you're feeling the music, yeah. and all your cares fade away. Everything fades away, and it's just like a moment that you really can't quite describe that feeling. But that's one of the reasons why we still play music and why. We we love to talk to musicians like yourself, and, and because it's so important that that Absolutely. people have that experience. Yes, <laughs> it's it's. And I'm, I'm I'm so I'm so glad that um, my my parents and my family um, gives me the chance and hmm. the support to let me doing this and to continue doing this. <laughs> I think without them, it would not be possible for me. 
That's awesome. I mean, the, to have to have the support of the people around you, I think it does make all mm. the difference. Yeah, that's that's one thing mm. we've talked a lot about is, uh, you know, young kids that want to be musicians or artists or things like that. A lot of times they don't get the uh, positive reinforcement that they mm-hmm. would hope for, and they have to kind of go yeah. it alone. So. Anytime you have someone, especially when your family has your back and is helping you move forward, that that's really awesome. Yes. <laughs> I'm really thankful for this. Especially because, as I said before, there are no mu- musicians here and actually no- nobody really knows uh, what's going on in this, in this uh, business. <laughs> hmm. And yeah, but still they, they said... Try it and give yourself the chance to do it. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, that's so cool that you have that kind of support and 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 uh, encouragement from the people around you. Yes. It's so it's so critical. You know, but I mean, yes. luckily, I feel like we're really blessed to live in a, in a time and age where if you don't have that, like around, you can, you know, you have access to quality musicians. Like you, you're, you're teaching people all around the world so you can connect yes. and encourage others. And, and, you know, we as musicians can find our tribe online. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, when you think about it, the fact that we could connect like this and, and find other people that, cause I find really some of these things we're describing, we can only, I can only really have these kinds of discussions with people who have put in the time, you know, and actually, yes. You know, it's it's hard to in my day to day find the same level of engagement on the topic because it's like, you know, unless you've put years into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people, they it's the nuances and everything that goes into it. Um, You know, people that have listened to music their whole lives, um, they can I I think they can definitely understand on a certain level. But people that have actually put the time into be a musician Mm -hmm. like there's. I feel like the level of respect is a lot higher there. So, yeah. again, we un- we understand <laughs> all the blood, sweat, and tears you put in to be able to play like you do. Like, that doesn't happen by accident. <laughs> but Yeah, I'm happy to talk to you as yeah. well. <laughs> but going back to uh, what he was saying is, yeah, even just from your Instagram page, like, you could be a- inspiring so many young musicians. going to be like, oh, look, Anik can do it. I can do it too, you know? So yeah, that was uh, one of the goals uh, when I started uh, my Instagram page. Actually, I, no, I did not have any goal at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, I wanted. I mean, like I, I started this uh, channel two years ago, and I never expected that it would like become that big until uh-huh. now, <laughs> so fast and so big, um, and. Uh, at the beginning, I thought like, okay, I'm I'm a small student in Germany. Nobody knows me. <laughs> piano players are like millions around the world who can play very very good piano, and um, there are so many extremely good recordings in in the internet already, and um, all the people are posting their perfect recordings from perfect uh concerts and and everything is like perfect and i thought okay i i don't have these recordings everything i have is my living room (laughs) 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 and my small grand piano (laughs) and but but i knew that i'll have to 
um, continue posting things on social media if I want to get heard. Um, and this is because I, I studied information science and I wanted to oh. learn how social media um, functions. And yeah, <laughs> so I started to um, post my daily practicing because I thought this is the uh, easiest way for me to continue producing content without putting too much time and effort or it's, it's still a lot of time and effort, but it's not as much as is if I would have to do extra concerts for for the content and so on. Right. And um, it turned out that people like it. <laughs> I was very surprised, <laughs> but but I have a lot of fun. I th yeah, I think it's the authenticity in your videos. Like like mm. you can tell you just you can tell you love the piano. You can tell when you're playing <laughs> you love the music that you play. Like it, that definitely comes through. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's very clear. It's it's cool to see because, you know, again, it comes back to that feeling. And I think mm -hmm. that's why it resonates so much with the, your viewers and, and the people that follow you because it's like, even if you're not a master musician, when you watch one, right, and you see how they connect with the instrument, it's inspiring. You know, mm -hmm. it's cool to see. Yeah, and honestly, mm -hmm. it's something that a lot of people probably haven't, had the opportunity to witness mm. so when they see you especially when it's a more complex piece they're probably i mean it blew i mean it blows me away to see some of the stuff you do so i imagine just you know people that have no experience with music are probably extremely blown away when they see some of the stuff you play so well actually i got a lot of feedback from people who said um they're really happy to see a professional who is showing the way he's practicing, like me, like um, he's showing the mistakes and um, the hours and hours and hours of practicing and repeating things. Right. I mean, I'm not playing um, different pieces every day. I'm I'm just showing my my current repertoire, which again can be uh, the same for one for one whole year. <laughs> <laughs> but the people like it and like to see how it progresses. And yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm really happy to have this community here. <laughs> that's wonderful. I mean, you hook them in, right? You, they get to be a part of your progress. They get to be a part of that journey. Yes. I think that's why it's it resonates so much because it's, um, they, they get, get invested. To, yeah, they get to invest some emotion into yeah. your playing with you, which is kind of a cool th opportunity. Yeah, they see a lot of fails and. <laughs> <laughs> And they, yeah, they can be part of it from the beginning on, actually. And yeah, yeah I, I like to share these things more and more <laughs> because I see that people are not that focused on playing perfectly. Um, if they see that it's normal to also do some mistakes and not to always playing extremely clear, like in all the recordings. Yeah, for me, it's there are certain musicians that just convey that emotion. And to me, that is like the number one thing when they play with that feeling and, and you feel it too. Like to me, that trumps almost anything else. So people know it when they see it. So you do a great job of that. 
Thank you. <laughs> You're too nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, and another thing is like, like I said, we one of the reasons that we decided to do this is because we we wanted to talk to world class musicians, and we wanted to thank them for what they're doing because there's so much yes. negativity and there's so many things out in the world that bring mm. people down but what you're doing it, it, music creating music and performing for people it's it it brings people up it makes people feel good it gives them you know a way to escape from from all that negativity out there so what you're doing well, it's is part of our job. yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I, especially career musicians like yourself, like I, I really have a huge amount of respect for having the courage to do it and put the time in. And like you said, everything you sacrificed in your life to be able to do what you do. Yes. Like we, we totally appreciate that. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, um, especially when I was younger and uh, I saw it in my piano class and other piano classes. Um, I felt like there were a lot of teachers who never talked about what you will have to sacrifice if you want to become a professional. Hmm. They are always only telling you that you're so talented and you're doing such a great job and you will be very successful in your future, but no one is telling you how hard it is to be a musician but yeah i think you will have to learn it on your own <laughs> i think i think everyone reaches that point the deeper they get into it they realize okay wow you know this i'm gonna have to give up a few things if i actually want to do this the way that i want to do it or be as mm. be as good as i think i can be so yeah definitely that's that's what we talk about the courage factor you know once yeah. you once you reach that point mm -hmm. You kept going, you know, and that's an honorable thing. Yeah, I mean, like, life is nothing without music for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it's kind yeah. of funny. Like, again, it's something we always talk about. Like, we we've been playing music together for about ten years, and it hasn't been fifteen years. Fifteen? I'm bad at math. When did I meet you, man? You were you were in our early twenties when we met. How yeah. old are you? <laughs> We're both 50, mid, you know. <laughs> you know, mid-60s. Yeah. No, but, <laughs> but it's, a, it's a privilege, like, really, like, to be able to, like, people who play instruments and people who sing, um, you know, no, well, even peeping people that do electronic music, but still, it's like, it's it's a long heritage, right? A long line it would be of, like, the, this is a basic human thing, right? That's been around as mm -hmm. long as there's been humans, there's been people making music. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and to be able to, like you talk about what has to be sacrificed, right, to get to that point to do it professionally. And in this day and age, it's it's quite a bit. You know, you talk about, like, the, that time in your life when you were, you know, practicing for recitals and for stage instead of out with friends. I mean, I, I know about you, man. I can relate to that for sure, especially, like, I, I went to band, like, played, played brass instruments, things like that. And, boy, there was a lot you had to give up if you wanted to be mm -hmm. the best, you know, if you really wanted. Mm -hmm. It's just... Every bit as much as like a professional athlete or a professional, like any any path you go, there's going to be obstacles. But um, to be a part of something that's so I don't know fundamental to being human, like music is just so. I mean, our hearts beat in rhythm, you know. Like it's mm -hmm. just so much a part mm -hmm. of even people who don't play instruments. You know, it's part of everyone's life. 
See how we mm-hmm. talk about it all the time. It's the universal language. Exactly. You know, yes, yes. it transcends yeah. everything. Like you can play a piece of music for anyone in the entire world, no matter what culture they're from, no matter what language they speak, they're still going to feel the same thing. And that's yes, that's really awesome. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And, and think about you mentioned a performance where people were in tears. You know, there's some about classical music that can pull on those heartstrings. And, you know, mm-hmm. especially if it's, you know, from a different a composer from a different part of the world, right? Or if it's a, p- a choir, choral piece where it's like different language, you can still feel that regardless of the language it's being, you know, because it is universal. Um, yes. And how cool it is to like, you know, like be a part of that in, in any small way. Um, I know, I know I'm hurting too without like as much live performance and, and stuff going on. It's, it's hard for folks um, who are, you know, it's their living when there's not as mm-hmm. much... Uh, performance out there but you know we still have it's uh, what i really am encouraged by uh anik is like all the stuff that you've done like we asked you about like what are you doing to adapt like you know you live performances online and, and the, the teaching and stuff like you know you find you find your way and that's just cool to see <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah. yeah but still i hope that this whole situation is getting better soon yeah for um, real yeah we I all mean... do <laughs> definitely now, we don't want to take too much more of your time, Anik, but I did have a question. Like, for your moving forward in your career, like, what, what is your ultimate, what, do you, what would you say your ultimate goal is, like, in motivation now? I mean, because your, your skill is, you know, getting greater every day. And Well, my, actually, my biggest goal was always to be able to play piano for the rest of my life, no matter if it is on the big stage or not. Hmm. Um, so it's, of course, I want to be one of the very best, um, but what does this mean? I mean, from a special, a specific level on, you can't really say if someone is better or not as good as someone else. Um, I mean, all the technique and so on, it's hard to tell. (laughs) And I want to be the best version of myself. I, I don't think that I can be more than this, but um, yeah, <laughs> again, I want to play piano for the rest of my life and I want to motivate and inspire people with this. Awesome. Yeah, I think you, you brought up a, a really important thing that uh, I don't think a lot of people ever get to that point, but just the only thing that anyone should expect you to be is the best version of yourself. And if you're doing that, then you're you're the as successful as you're ever going to be yeah this was one um one point that was uh, or one reason why i stopped um participating in competitions like all these piano competitions around the world i see um i i don't really want to be part of it anymore because i feel like i mean we are not we are not horses. <laughs> <laughs> right. And as I said before, from a specific level on, there, there, you can't really say if if someone is better or not. And if there are like ten people who who decides um, who is the best, I don't know. I'm not playing for ten people. I'm playing for two thousand uh, in a concert and. This is not really, I don't know. 
I don't feel that good with with all these competitions. No, I, I, that's I, interesting. I personally don't feel it's right because mm -hmm. everyone has their own unique style and unique way of playing, and especially like you're saying, once you re reach that master level, mm -hmm. it's like just enjoy it. Why do you got to compare people? Like just just take yeah. it in for what yeah. it's worth, and everyone yeah. brings something and to the table that's unique. Yes, and I think the real competition is somewhere else. It's it's in the real world. People who want to listen to you will come to listen to you. And the more people who likes your music, the more, like, I mean, this is the best feedback you can get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have people coming to see you, so you know you're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> Watch your audience grow. Thousands and thousands of views on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing something right anique <laughs> but that's i just i'm so fascinated by that mindset anique because like it, it we know what it did is it called to mind like one of the very last recitals or competitions that i did with the piano it uh i cannot remember the composer anymore but it was like there were a handful of us that were performing the same piece in front of judges mm -hmm. and it was like mm -hmm. i got third place right and and i thought that it was like the best performance i could have done like I, I I was so proud of my I didn't care that I got you know whatever place right it was just like mm -hmm. I knocked that thing out of the park like I, I did something that was a, just slightly beyond my capability at the time and and mm -hmm. the other two players were super technical and had great feel as well it's like how can you really determine like who's mm -hmm. better like I mean that's fascinating it's not fair yeah, I mean, it's not fair to do. It's to not. And you get to a certain point where it's like, well, it's, you know, you're just it's the same piece of music, you know, like um, having a have like a performance should be a celebration. Right. And and, and uh, yeah, that's just that's so cool. Um, but no, I really appreciate still, that perspective. I, mean, like, I, I did a lot of or not that much, but still some competitions when I was younger. And of course, I learned a lot through this, and mm -hmm. I I think it's also a great way to learn things and to like, to have a motivation to learn things and to really, like, train until perfection, mm -hmm. <laughs> just for this competition. Um, if you don't have this inner motivation, and I think when I was younger, again, I did not really understand all these stuff, so it was a good way to motivate myself to do it. But now, again, I, I have completely other motivations and <laughs> I don't care if if someone says uh, I don't like your music, if someone if other people say I like it. I mean, this is also part of the game. We can't play for everyone in this world. Uh. There will always be someone who does not like it or who does like another version more and yes it's okay for me <laughs> yeah it has not i yeah. think that other people's opinions of you have nothing to do with you i mean yeah, you, well you do your thing and like you said the people that that love to see you play will will come to see you play and that's really all that matters right yes and uh <laughs> another uh thought i just had does that Thanos shirt help you when you're practicing? Like, just feel <laughs> what? <laughs> the Thanos what? shirt. Did you say you were wearing a Thanos shirt? Ah, <laughs> this one. <laughs> yeah. Does that help you when you're practicing? Like, <laughs> actually, I'm always wearing a lot of, uh, like sports um, clothes or t-shirts like this, um, which I can just. I'm sweating a lot when I'm practicing. 
<laughs> I think everyone does, but um, yeah, I feel more comfortable in these um, clothes um, than in like if I'm always dressed up like a I don't know. Uh, it's too much. Pretty, pretty dresses and so on. I don't know if I could focus on 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 the piano. Um, huh. I actually had problems um, at the beginning, like when I was. 18 17 18 it was uh the time when people started telling me that i should wear makeup on stage um because it's normal as a woman to wear makeup and, <laughs> and to do your hair and what so did on. you think when they told I, you that i thought shut up <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> because i mean like what are we, what are you, what are you here for? Are you here because you want to listen to my music? I mean, if I was a boy, nobody would tell me that you should wear makeup or do your hair. Yeah, that or, is true. Is it like this? And 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 people started to tell me, yeah, buy you buy a lipstick and and do your makeup and your hair is is not perfect and so on, but I really didn't care. I I started <laughs> to do a little bit makeup because I had to. But I, it felt so uncomfortable at the beginning, hmm. and I was all the time I was more thinking about okay, how do I look right now instead of how do I play and ah, what is the music. Right, in. that's just and, kind of a way to distract your your mind. Yes, yeah. yes, and so I it's especially in the beginning I I did not really wear makeup, so I started to wear makeup in my free time and while I'm practicing and so on, so I get a little bit more used to it. But still, sometimes if if it is not necessary, I don't wear makeup on stage. <laughs> well, if you don't need it, why do you have to wear it? <laughs> yes. And also my hair. I mean, like, I have, I have so... Uh, my hair is always like this after a concert. And even with a lot of hairspray, it is like this. So I, I, I gave it up. <laughs> it's okay for me. <laughs> I know the feeling. My hair goes out of control. Absolutely <laughs> you out could of control. get a haircut, bro, once in a while. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, all these little things that, that you shouldn't have to worry about that people try to... I just find it fascinating that you had to practice with makeup on just to try to build up that comfort level. I was just thinking about that, how like I can remember you know band concerts and choir concerts and things. Like You're in this like this outfit, right, that they give you, and at least, for, you know... Uh, the pirate outfit? Yeah, the pirate outfit with the cummerbund <laughs> and all that, and the bow tie. And it just... It's, I mean, there's it's cool because, yes, you do sort of... When you're in uniform, so to speak, with all your other fellow musicians in a big group, like if you play with 150 people, like it, there's something mm -hmm. about bringing everybody together wearing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But also, it, it does feel foreign, right, because you're not practicing with that thing on, right, or with that concert yes. dress or whatever. Yes. Well, normally, um, especially if I buy a new concert dress, I practice with it. Wow. And I try to to feel um, how I have to sit to feel comfortable uh, comfortable with it and um, how to move and so on. And if I can move before I go on stage with it, because if I don't feel comfortable, I don't wear it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but that's so, so cool. Easy. <laughs> Did you like the whole idea of having a dressing up? Like if you had it your way, what would you ideally you want to wear when you performed well actually i mean 
Um, it's a little secret, but I'm oh. wearing the same concert shoes for more than 10 years. And it's, it's really disgusting, I know. But <laughs> if it, if they, Old Faithful, if it works. They work, I feel like I can't, I can't wear any other shoes on stage. And huh. um, the same is for my concert clothes. I mean, I know that I have to dress up. And, but still, it's like, I think I have, I have still the same trousers like when I was 16 or something like this, because I, I know that I feel comfortable in it. Huh. But if I had the choice, I would like to wear my normal things, like the Santa's t-shirt yeah. and my, <laughs> my fluffy slippers and, and the jogging bags. <laughs> yeah, that would be the most comfortable thing on stage. Yes. <laughs> I know, like... New trend. I know because it's new trends. classical music... Uh, scene has to be a little more you know highbrow dramatic yeah, and highbrow okay, that's one thing i always appreciated about the rock world like i could yeah. roll out of bed and just pick up my guitar and that would be okay you know <laughs> yeah but but if you compare but if you compare like um the progress of of like how classical music concert clothes changed through the years uh -huh. um compared to how like tennis clothes changed I mean, when, when people played tennis back to, I, I don't know, 1900, they also wore big dresses and, <laughs> yeah. and trousers and That's so on. It was, it was crazy. Yes, yeah. really. No, I know. Whoa. I've seen we that. Did. I've seen that. That is true. And I'm learning but, new but things. They, I did not know this. <laughs> but they changed it to something that it still looks cool and good but it's much better to play and right. and uh, and i think playing piano or playing any instrument is like doing sports actually and why why are we still wearing things that are uncomfortable cummerbunds <laughs> yeah come on <laughs> there was especially a the there. men <laughs> do they have the little is it only the conductor that has the coattails or do, do all the concert pianists have the coattails that they flip back before they sit on the chair <laughs> I mean, it looks it looks cool. I don't know, but to flip still, it back, like, yeah. penguin suits are cool. Whatever, Ryan. Don't how dare you? I, I want to get a suit you. and flip it back. I've always wanted to wear the conductor's outfit. Yeah, it, it looks cool, but I feel like it it must be very uncomfortable to play with with these things on your shoulders, right? I mean, like you don't really have that much freedom in your shoulders or elbows and so on. So I think as a woman, you still have a lot of freedom if you wear a dress. Uh, I always take dresses where I have free shoulders ah. and um, I can really breathe and so on. So it's not too restricted. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it does make a big difference. Like wearing a wearing a, a dress coat and trying to play the the keys. Like that's mm -hmm. you are restricted in the shoulders, and it's it is it's a lot more uncomfortable. And it never occurred mm -hmm. to me to practice in it. Like not one time. <laughs> like no, okay. Makes Probably because you never wanted to wear it in the first place. No, never. So. <laughs> uh, uh. I mean, I like dressing up as you know. But hey, a shirt and tie is enough. Like I don't. This is plenty of motion here. Like I, yeah. When you put the yeah. coat over it, it's like I can't reach. Like I don't have the same mobility. Yeah, yeah that's fascinating. Yeah. I'm really glad. No, yeah, honestly, the clothing thing is so interesting. Yeah. No, go ahead, please. I, I'm just fascinated by this topic because sure. yeah, I never even these are about things it. that have never come up. So yeah. they're very interesting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> For real, I'm learning. Yeah, but, but I'm really impressed because a lot of women they actually play in 
like super short dresses and and dresses that have a lot of skin shown um, which is it is it's pretty i mean like i i, I feel like it, it's it looks great <laughs> to be honest <laughs> and and I'm, I'm a little bit jealous because i'm not i i feel like i it's not possible for me to play like this in such a dress and with with high heels that are longer than my legs but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really impressive, really. But but I think it's nothing for me. I would rather go with my jogging pants on stage. <laughs> well, again, you know, you have to be the best Anik you can be, and that's all that matters. For real, I I will admit again, I only saw the one video before doing the interview. So on your other really? videos, do you? Because you weren't wearing jogging trousers then. Are you, you know, are you in Thanos shirt and jogging and jogging pants when yes. you're? That's great. Yes, actually, oh, awesome. I'm, I'm, yeah. Most of the time, I'm wearing just the thing that I'm normally wearing when I'm practicing. Well, I wonder if that's why you you're finding re like people are connecting with you and they enjoy it so much because they're seeing someone being real, right, with the practice and the daily. Like, that's I mean, it's really cool. It's I honestly, this whole topic, like, I'm just so fascinated by it, just for it to come up and about like performance and what you practice in and i'm just i'm really kind of blown away because isn't that amazing like the little thing like that like what it can how it can impact the art right and how it can mm -hmm. impact the performance it's just really really cool again it's all these things that people have no idea that you have to deal with yeah for real you know it's <laughs> yes. just like an extra layer of i have to play this piece that i've been practicing for so long and now i have to deal with what I'm going to wear and if I have to wear makeup. Yes. And it's yeah, nobody ever told me to like, oh, dude, yeah. you got to wear makeup on stage. Like, no, it's never, ever come. Not one time have I ever been told, you know, that I need that adjustment. <laughs> so, like, no, I didn't even think about, like, from, you know, from, like, let's say, lady's perspective. Like, what's that, what that must be like to go through to be told, yeah. like, you know, like, as, it, as if it has anything to do with, with, with the quality of yes. your, you know, your playing. So, you're beautiful, Anik. You don't need to wear makeup. Don't listen Aww, to me. Oh, thank you. That's so <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, actually, the first time somebody told me that I have to, like, um, pay attention to what I what I wear on stage was when I was, I think, eleven or twelve. Oh, goodness. And and I wear it a good pair of jeans. It was my best pair of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I was so proud of this of this jeans and I know that <laughs> they, they told me before that I have to wear something good and so I picked this this good jeans and they told me no 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 that's that's not good <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would do but also too, like yeah. yeah and always wearing black and so on that was something that I didn't like um yeah but yeah now now I have much more colorful concert dresses yeah. <laughs> no, the black thing is this. It's for real. Like con any kind of concert band or any kind. Of, I do uh, kind of like. I am kind of partial to. You're black. always wearing black, dude. I can't. I have to wear brighter color. I don't yeah, know. It's more fun. Yeah, we are not going to a funeral. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Anik. Thank you. Exactly. I don't Ryan. know. I don't know where the black thing came from. I don't know, for man. me, I just is it. Bad? It's very classic. It's very classic yeah. to wear black. You you're not you would you're doing everything. Right, or or nothing wrong, at least. Yeah, I feel like I <laughs> look you good. In black. You don't have to like rec you don't have to make him feel better, Anik. He's absolutely doing things wrong. How dare you, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> you have to be nice. 
It's fine. I he's, got, like, he's, he's not sensitive. He can take it. I'm he's just tr- trying to be the best Ryan that I can be. And <laughs> I feel like when I wear You black, are, brother. You are the best. <laughs> you are the best in the world, man, at being you. You know, um, I guess I have a fun question for you. Um, do you, <laughs> with the hour of spare time that you have, you know, in a day, with in the hour of spare time that you have in a day, what do you do? With what that? I do? Yeah. <laughs> there has to be, you have to be able to do something outside <laughs> of piano, right? Or do you even have time to do anything? Um, well, there's, oh, sorry. My camera always turns, uh, yeah. So it's like it's um, time to go. Let her go already. <laughs> <laughs> After thirty minutes, it's just it just dies. Oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, actually, I play table tennis. Oh, I, oh okay. I, I I really play like uh, with, <laughs> how do I say? I don't know what's the word in English for it, but you're um, in a league. There are clubs. Um, oh, okay. You clubs, can, yeah, leagues. I don't know. Um. Yes, and I I love to draw, but normally I don't have the time to draw, because I don't know, it's it's like when you're practicing, then you have to practice for five six hours, <laughs> and when you're drawing, you also need so many hours until it looks like something. <laughs> it's kind of similar. It gives you the similar feeling, right? Yes. You want to do something yes. that you can release a little bit, so I could see why the table tennis thing might be a better option. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I I don't have to be the best in playing table te- tennis. It's just fun for me and hmm. doing some sports. Um, and also, I I love to go running, because I don't know. I feel like I can really concentrate on my body and feel like um, concentrating on on this breathing thing that I really need for playing piano. Ah, right. Um. Yeah. But yeah, these these are the things and Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite Especially show on Netflix? What's your favorite show on Netflix? Oh, uh, actually, I just watched, and this was not Netflix; it was on Amazon. Uh, the Boys, and it was great. <laughs> oh, that's a superheroes. I think so. That's a superheroes. I don't have an Amazon. Don't use their powers in in such uh, honorable ways. Oh, is that what that's about? I yes. think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Superheroes. It was like so about like, yeah. It was like, what if superheroes were real or something like this? Um, uh, and it was really interesting and funny and and um, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of feel though that it would be more that way. Like the superheroes that we know all choose to do the right thing all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But yeah. Yeah. it's kind of like you you if. People just had powers like that. There might be more of them that decided just to do whatever they want. Yeah. Yes. I can imagine yes. that. <laughs> See, it'd be more real life. It was more. It was. It was more human. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, you also get to talk to a couple of Americans for a few minutes <laughs> in your spare time. So thank you for making time for us. <laughs> well, it it's a lot of fun to talk to you, and uh, thanks again for the invitation. <laughs> yeah, it's our pleasure. We really um, we're really enjoying this process of like connecting with musicians like all around the world, and it's it's really mm-hmm. again I said it before it's like it's a privilege, like it's super cool, and to see like your personality come out and 
because it's you know i mean i know we're talking about music but it's also like to try to get to know the person and to try to like because there's so much like we said that goes behind what you do when you play and all that personality and all of that time and everything comes into that like it's 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 a fun process so thank you Mm -hmm. thank you so much for what you do thank you for for bringing your music into the world and like you know putting something uplifting out there for others to you know there's there's lots of choices we have right on social like what we follow what we do and so it's 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 encouraging to like meet other people who are who are you know doing everything they can to to promote music mm-hmm. and you know it's great. Uh, thank you for asking questions that nobody asks. <laughs> <laughs> what what was there one that sticks out? Is your is, do you had a favorite question yeah, we well, asked you? Well, no, it does. I mean, like of course there are these normal normal questions like uh, how many hours do you practice and so on mm-hmm. and like. I, I think you didn't even ask this question because it's clear. Yeah. <laughs> I did not even have to talk about it again. <laughs> and alone this, uh, like this, this was already, um, yeah. And, and also like all this wearing concert dress things. I, I think I never talked about this. Before. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't even think it's come up with other guests we've talked about, like really. And, but I really, I really got a lot of perspective there from you. Cause it, it really, it, it helps to understand, oh, yeah, I'm not the only one that deals with this issue, like with performance and what you wear. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, obviously other musicians think about this, you know. I don't know. It's just, that was really super well, cool. I, I think what it is, Anik, is like musicians on your level, when when we look at them, and, and I've done it, you know, growing up looking at guitar players or piano players that I thought were on that level like you almost begin to think they're not human ha because they're so talented and then you you realize no they're dealing with the same issues that i deal with except it's even worse because they're under pressure and they've got you know (laughs) jobs and people you know telling them to wear makeup when they don't want to (laughs) you know so it's it's cool to see that you know we're all human and you just are doing you know putting that time in and that that yes. effort in to do what you're doing, but uh, I will say this too: of all the musicians we've met, everyone is super humble, mm. super cool. Do, do not take themselves very seriously, and <laughs> like you, you do feel a kinship. You do feel a kinship because because we're not making music as much as we used to. But again, like our life, like we come to the conclusions that we can't live without making music. Yeah. Yes. You know, and yes, that's that's true. <laughs> and what I love is that kinship. It, it's cross genre, like it it can be with the classical musician. It can be with someone that plays rock or jazz, or you know, it it, it really is so much of what we go through as musicians. We all share, mm-hmm. and we share in that great. I mean, it's just a great process to be a part of. So, but yeah, I um, I, I just want to echo those same sentiments, man. Like I really do. And I will say this: we definitely would love to see you perform. Whenever yeah. you're performing again, go to one of your performances, check it out. <laughs> well, actually, I'm planning to do uh, a little live concert this Saturday. Oh, cool. Uh, oh, on YouTube uh, with all Chopin Tweets Opus 10. And oh, wow. it's it's actually, it's just a little celebration because we just hit 50,000 on Instagram. Whoa. So I thought, <laughs> yes. <Yay. laughs> That's great. So I thought, uh, let's do a little live concert and... Um, yeah, it's it's going to be the first time for me to perform all the tweets again after more than or no. 
I think like 10 years. <laughs> what time what time is that going to be at so we can check it out? Uh, it's going to be 7 p.m. German time. Okay. So it's actually the time that we wanted to meet here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's so funny. Like Since we're talking literally to people all over the world, it's like your evening time. We're still technically uh, morning it's here. Afternoon, afternoon at the moment. Yeah, yeah. it's like 1 o'clock here right now. What's, so. what's the clock at, at your place? 1 o'clock. Afternoon. Okay. 1 o'clock. Yeah, p.m. One o'clock. Yeah, ah, right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's nine p.m. already. Oh no, we're keeping you up. <laughs> yeah, we kept you. We kept you a little over. But we appreciate you. Thank you for being so willing to to give your time and to chat with us. Like really, like we really enjoyed this. Um, I really enjoyed this. And thank you. Yeah, um, yeah I enjoyed it as well. <laughs> where can our listeners, our beautiful listeners, find you? Um, uh, where, where, what's your handle on Insta and and YouTube and all that? How can they How can they find you later? Actually, just uh, Anik Gutler, well, my name. Uh, you'll find it on Instagram and on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. My concert yeah. Saturday. Hooray! And remember, if you ever need a page turner, <laughs> I'm your man. I'll call you. I got reflexes like a cat. But please don't mess it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I won't. I'm clutch. Okay. I'm clutch on it's stage. It's the worst thing. It's the worst thing if you play chamber music. And I mean, especially as pianists, if you play chamber music, normally you have to play the most notes for all the people who play. Uh, and you're like, you have like super vitos uh, and, and like mm -hmm. fast passages and so on. And if the one who has to flip your page uh, messes up, messes <laughs> messes it up <laughs> then yeah <clears throat> you'll earn some angry <laughs> i mean if it's if it's that important Dude, you maybe want to call me instead do the I laser eyes. read music ryan you'll he, do the laser who's the theory all the time you'll I'm like, do bro, the laser eyes basic. like that superhero laser eyes you'll just burn right through me <laughs> if i mess it up how about this i'll I'll up the ante and I'll wear I'll wear makeup so you don't have to, and I'll turn the pages for you. How about that? There you go. Actually, it's pretty funny because my mother, she she can't even read scores correctly, but um, she wanted to flip the page for me. Or actually, oh. I did not have I did not have anyone else who does it for me for a competition. Uh, it was I think yeah. I was 16, 17, uh -huh. and I I played chamber music for this competition, so I needed someone who flips the page, and she did it. And we played Mozart um, trio, I don't remember which one, but doesn't matter. And uh, there, uh, there were some repetitions, and um, I think she, she, yeah. She did not know where I was, so she flipped the page, but it was too early. Oh no. And I don't know what happened, but in that moment, my hand just <laughs> flipped it back. <laughs> what are you doing? a reflex. Like, super quickly, and I don't know what happened, but <laughs> my, my mother was so shocked, and I, I could feel her tension in her body next to me. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> God. Well, I, like I said, I saw you flip that page Ninja in one reflexes. of your videos. It was like, <laughs> you might have a superhero power with that one. <laughs> this is a lot of training. <laughs> Only page flipping all the time. <laughs>
That'd be funny <laughs> if that was something you had, they made you do in school, like 10 minutes of just page, page flipping. flipping. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get this down. Well, actually, my, my chamber music scores, they are completely destroyed because of my page flipping training. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the pages are broken and so like... <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, Nick, again, thank you so much. Um, you know, excited you. to to hear more of your music and and yeah, this has just been a pleasure. And uh, I'll say uh, goodbye, everyone, and thank you all for listening. Bye.